0: Welcome to Two Marks and a Mic podcast. I'm Phil and I'm Joe. Today we're going to talking about Chris Jericho and his career and uh, all that stuff. Um, it took me a while to get on the boat with Jericho because I wasn't sure about him when I first saw him. Like I didn't, and the first time I saw him was on Raw when he came out with that stupid countdown clock thing, right? And then he came in and interrupted a Rock, which is cool. You know, I thought it was different and so you know, and people just didn't interrupt a Rock back then. Mm. But um, I liked him because you know it took me a minute to to like him. Cause I just, you know, that junior and all that weird hair stuff, it just took, took a minute for me.
1: Yeah. And I, I'm, I agree. I'm on the same boat with you. I knew of him uh, and like very little of his work in ECW and, and WCW, obviously when the cruiserweights were getting the push. Uh, but yeah, same thing. I really didn't like actually really pay attention to him since the whole Y2J countdown. And then I later read his first book and, uh, which was amazing. So, I, I'm in the same boat as you there.
0: He was born in Winnipeg, Manitoba. His baseball. father played for the
1: Rangers. Yeah, his
0: father was a professional hockey player. Mm-hmm. And then he eventually, he was a Hart Brothers Wrestling Academy. There was only one Hart brother showed up, took the money, and he was there. He did, like, some drills with him and then left. Apparently, what that school had was a book. Handed down from Stu Hart, and it had how you're supposed to train people. So even though the Hearts weren't technically there, you were still getting taught by what Stu's ideology was. Right. He turned out some great wrestlers. You know, his Bret Hart and his son Owen being the two. Probably the most popular heart. Yeah,
1: and Lance Storm was coming up there and he right. trained with him in the, in the heart. So. And Lance
0: Storm needed somebody because as great as a wrestler as Lance Storm is... Dry on the mic. <laughs> yeah, dry on the mic. Can you
1: imagine if it's all work, though? Can you yeah. imagine if he's like a party animal? He
0: probably is. You know who else I thought was a work with that was Bob Backlund. Like, you know, he does all that weird crap. And oh, he, yeah, maybe. And then he gets in the car <laughs> and he goes, all right, time to be normal. He started off in Canada and then he went down to Mexico where he learned the Lucha Libre style. And he was tagging down there. He became like this teen heartthrob, even. Did you ever see him when he wrestled in Mexico at all? No, no,
1: but you can definitely see, and I know we've kind of talked about this in the past, where uh, just his move list in the ring, and you see dabs of different wrestling styles, and Lucha Libre is definitely, obviously, up there. Then
0: I think after he left, he went to Smoky Mountain. Hmm. Him and Lance Storm, they were the thrill seekers. Right. They were pretty uh, high energy for Smoky Mountain.
1: Jericho just had the look, too, where you know that was just like the hair band, 80s, high flyer, where to like the heart throbby persona Mm -hmm. they could push through there which was definitely a whole different approach to
0: Smoky Mountain in that time. And then after he went from there he went to Germany for a while which was not like a short six week run Mm -hmm. where he had the same match. He met Ultimo Dragon in Mexico. Mm Mm-hmm. And he was hoping that Ultimo would take him to Japan.
1: Right, he did. Yeah, that's
0: where he learned that hard style of the Japanese wrestling. It was called War, Romance, and Wrestling.
1: Those of you don't know, like the Japanese, like pro wrestling. It's like a theatrical, big gesture like in sport, but they look at it more of it's like a, 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 it's like a beautiful thing to them.
0: It's more of an art form. Exactly.
1: Dude. That's First, what I was going. With. Yeah, yeah.
0: That's where he learned a lot, of, a lot of over there from Ultimo Dragon and Juice and Liger and all these other guys that he worked with. Then he came back, and then, then he went. Went to ECW, um, and that's where uh, he got some of that hardcore following that he had. He was only there for a, 11 weekends, so it wasn't very long.
1: He got quickly recruited.
0: There was this thing that they were having Antonio Inoki put on in L.A. It was a huge interpromotional thing. It was New Japan Pro, WCW, and the name a couple. And he went there, and uh, Eric Bischoff was like, you want a job? And he goes, well, let me think about it. Yeah. Bischoff said that he was top of the cruiserweight list. Mm -hmm. And I mean, those guys were the only thing that made WCW.
1: And I think just besides the pure talent that those cruiserweights have majority of them were already in the ring with each other especially in japan but in other federations too in ecw as well Mm -hmm. so like when they came for the cruiserweights they knew how to put a match on and they knew what was going to sell and it really worked at that time for wcw who at the time was recruiting all the old meatheads from wwf
0: right well and that's the thing is like if they had focused more on the Cruiser rate division and left. Now, granted, the NWO was, was their baby. Mm-hmm. That's what brought in the money. But if they had given a little bit more time to the cruiser rates as well, we might be talking something a little bit different here. Yeah. Yet again, mismanagement, but we. That's another, another subject.
1: Well, and also, too, is I know that um, as much as the top of the cruiserweight, when you had mentioned that, that Bischoff has said that. I remember reading in Jericho's book where he ultimately wasn't fulfilled in WCW because it always bothered him that he was never looked at as the heavyweight guy.
0: Right. And that's the thing is when you get pigeonholed as a cruiserweight, it makes it really hard to get that, the nod to get any type of heavyweight title unless you're in WWE. Sure. He always had the comedy stuff down, too. Like when he was doing that holds list with mm. D- <laughs> he was doing a few with D- Malenko. <laughs> and he was and D- Malenko, his moniker was I'm the man of a thousand holds. Well Jericho's I'm the man of a thousand and four. Wrestled Marty Jannetty on on a nitro and he made Quick Worker Marty. Uh, he comes out with his list and he just starts an, an arm bar. <laughs> Arm brag, and uh-huh. he was like, and then he got the cuts of commercial, and he's like, number eight hundred. and It was just, it was gold. And uh, and then he started doing this weird angle with Goldberg. He would get into, like a fake Goldberg and beat him, and he was saying, "Oh, I broke your streak." And I'm Jericho four, and he Greenberg zero. <laughs> he would always do that, where he made fun of his name. And and I guess it was getting to a point to where they were they were going to have to have a match. Of course, Mister Goldberg wanted it to be his typical one minute squash match, and Jericho's like, "No, we built this up for so long." The fans need to see me get my butt kicked. Yeah. And and Bill was like, I don't think it should go that way. So he wasn't able to do business. And I think it was the start of Jericho's frustrations with WCW. Started to get the idea of maybe it's time for me to move on. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad he did because then he came to WWF or WWE. Yeah. you know, I mean, he, he had that first run. It took some while to get some traction. He feuded with China. When, I think what it, when it all fell together for him was when he did that the kayfabe title from Hunter on Raw. Remember oh that? yeah, yeah. Where, where Earl Fast count at Triple H. Yeah, and <laughs> it was reversed, and then like, okay, you know what? It just you know, but that's the way it goes. It's like you know, when you come into a different territory like that, you got to have the time to adjust and learn the law of the land. every fed, every territory is different back then. You know, now you have two, you know, you have AEW and WWE. So, I don't know. I, I really, and in, in probably another topic, but I think that what we need to have if we'd have territories again.
1: And I know we're off topic here, but you bring it up and it's a good point where it seems like they're just a lot of back and forth. We're going to release you. I'm going to pick you up. And it's just, it's just a recycled. Yeah. Just on different ends.
0: It's, and it, I mean, it, it does give the talent at least a little bit of wiggle room as far as money and stuff goes. But I feel that it's just not, I mean, it's detrimental to the business. There's not enough competition.
1: Yes, I know. We're seeing Jericho at AEW
0: on Sunday. Exactly, it's and news. I'm super excited. So he started with China for the Intercontinental Title. Um,
1: it ended up being a cool feud. It, it was kind was- of like at first I didn't really know. I'm like, eh but how, how where they going with this and whatever, but it, it was a great, it worked yeah. out.
0: He, he's done great work in the ring, and he's also known, the one thing I'll say about Jericho is he knows it when he's burnt out, and he knows when it's time to take a break. Like, so he's, you know, he's in a band, very successful band.
1: Oh, yeah. That's I like just, Fozzy. Yeah. I, I thought that, yeah. yeah. I didn't, I will say this, until like, you know, they came like mainstream with like Judas and whatever there, that was probably the first time I really listened to them. I always knew he was in a band called Fozzy, but I never listened to him, you know, so, yeah. until mainstream until about a couple of years ago, but yeah.
0: What, what did it for me was the beginning of that. It was a work. Let's think of some of the feuds that he's had. Let's see, Cena. His feud with Shawn Michaels is second to none. And there was that whole like their, their match at WrestleMania 19 mm-hmm. in Seattle was still talked about as one of the greatest matches of WrestleMania history. They went out there and they put on a clinic and stole the show. That's what you get when you get, you know, you get two guys that really can go and they're really passionate about it. You know, it's, it's going to be a good product.
1: I was glad to see that WWE didn't put him in the Intercontinental bubble forever. Like, he was in the heavyweight, you know, and was winning heavyweight championships, you know, undisputed, or, mm-hmm. or the unified title, or whatever. What well, was, was undisputed, it, it right? It was the first, yeah, he was the first. At Vengeance?
0: Day. Yeah, it was at Vengeance 2001, I think. He beat The Rock and Stone Cold on the same night. Yeah. Which is unexpected.
1: I didn't expect it. No, I didn't either. And
0: apparently there's a little side note about that. Like he was sitting at catering and it was one of the few times that Vince's would go to catering. And Vince is like, you know, business is bad taker when we're putting the title on Jericho. And he said, that's how he found out that he was going to get the title. (laughs) He didn't know. He didn't know. So he didn't have any of his family there and nothing. Wow. I think that it, it makes it a more genuine experience. They shouldn't tell these guys they're going to win until they're at gorilla. Yeah, the gorilla position was invented by Gorilla Monsoon, and it's where he would uh, make sure they were ready to go out. So yeah, I
1: definitely that would have a more genuine experience. Hey, by the way, you're winning this one. Yeah, yeah exactly.
0: Go. And but you know, if you, if you want to play devil's advocate on that one, that can screw somebody's head. And be like, oh crap, make them even more nervous. And or out. maybe
1: like how work in the match or you yeah. Know. Who knows? That's Either I'm way, right. I'm sure Jericho would have had no issue. Like, okay. Yeah. Like, it's exactly. all through.
0: But exactly. I was really glad
1: to see him, uh, you know, win that. And then his feud with Benoit. And like, his fight. I mean, yeah. unbelievable.
0: Uh, you know, all these well, matches with Benoit. You got two tough Canadian guys. And I like how Jericho was able to change with the times. When he left in 2003 or whatever it was to do his hiatus. And when he came back with the whole save us thing. Right. Glittery vest and all that. It was a little bit regurgitated. Oh, you know, sure. And then he realized that because it, it fell flat. The one thing we got out of that, though, was the code breaker. And mm-hmm. that was cool. That was uh. a cool finisher. That I put that right up there with the RKO as far as like, oh, my God, where did that come from? Mm-hmm. So we got that. And, and then he decided to, you know, his feud with Sean really brought out. That heel that he had. And he said he he really used Nick Bockwinkle uh-huh. with his big words. And that's when he started wearing the suit. he cut the countdown out. and you know all the jokes and all that stuff went away.
1: When he would take his hiatuses and, and come back, it always just worked. It always seems like the right time. You're, like, excited to see Jericho. Like, oh, cool, Jericho's back. Like Jer- even, even, you know, we'll get to it when he got in the AEW. It's like, oh, cool, yeah, I can get down with Jericho, you know, being champ and whatever. Like, it's you respect him when he keeps coming up and he keeps dropping in. You appreciate him being there.
0: And to furthermore that point, uh, the reason why I respect Jericho so much is because he's one of the last people to come up the hard way in, in wrestling. Overseas, he went to Mexico, he, you know, he wrestled in Canada, he wrestled in wherever. But most of the guys show up now in NXT and they're not as polished, mm. unfortunately. I and mean, that's not to discredit Sean and Triple H's careers because they both, you know, obviously Sean's in the Hall of Fame. Triple H will be there someday. You can't have that kind of experience in a in a vacuum. Right. I mean, and being like, you know, you could have Taker come in and work with the big guys and stuff, but it's not the same as them going to some rinky dink town for 40 bucks. And, if that. If that. Well, I mean, one time yeah. Malenko said his payday. Was a hot dog and a Coke. yeah So that's that valuable experience that you're mm. never going to get anywhere.
1: I, I, know, I know this is a Jericho podcast, but we keep bringing up good topics in that sense. But I also think you definitely can tell a difference for me anyway when you see the people who come up through like NXT and the people who came up through like Ring of Honor going into like AW or vice versa who now. The owner of AW Con just bought ROH. Oh, he did. Yeah, I they just announced that. it on Dynamite Wednesday. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it's, it's about to be awesome with talent coming through and whatever. You know, with with NXT and 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 seeing them, they're they're not they're not polished. They're definitely not like you you say. But you know, having that Triple H aspect, you know, with them and working with them, I don't say will make up for it or whatever. Mm-hmm. But you're right, though. I mean, I can't think of anybody past Jericho who hasn't. Yeah. You know, I'm sure there are. I just mainstream-wise.
0: Maybe post-Jericho, maybe CM Punk. Yeah. Because he went to Ring of Honor and all that. Uh, But other than that, I mean, but anyways, we're kind of off topic (laughs) with Jericho. But, I mean, like I said, we have just a massive amount of respect for the guy. I can't wait to see him go on Sunday.
1: Uh, It's it's, it's awesome. At
0: the AEW revolution.
1: When Jericho, when, you know, he was going to the AEW and... Even just his, his gimmick, uh, I know you're not really too familiar with AW. You're kind of just getting your feet wet in it or whatever. Right. But his La Champion, like, you know, it's just, he's still, it's another aspect. It's like almost another, I don't want to say a gimmick or character. It's just another version of Jericho right. well, that you get.
0: He's always good at reinventing the wheel. But it was really interesting on how that whole whole thing came about because you know he wrestled Kenny Omega in Japan and in, in New Japan and Pro. it blew up. And It, blew it was up. like a New
1: Year's thing, I remember. Right,
0: and then they were, and then he was on the Broken Skull sessions with Austin, and he was like, which was weird because first off, he's now a full blown AEW guy, and Vince is like giving Austin the okay, and, and it was funny though. Getting to that interview, uh, Jericho's like, "Where are the snipers?" Yeah, so like, he's just joking around, obviously. But you know, Vince understands that, that it has to grow. I don't think he sees. A W as a threat yet?
1: Well, I also think the most brilliant thing A W could have done is not challenged. Like he, absolutely when it first came away, like Cody, you know, was he was when he you know started out being executive vice president, he say that's not what we're about like we're not trying to we're trying to just give like the indie another, guys basically a platform another right. you know yeah because
0: i mean like when you only have one show to go to it makes it hard for these guys to showcase their talent and, uh, and i'm pretty sure Kenny Omega is a very talented guy i haven't seen him wrestle yet oh he's awesome the one thing i liked about Jericho is he was very uh adaptable mm-hmm. he could he, whether he was whether he was doing a dungeon match or whatever fight or street fight but he could also go technical yeah. and then you know it was just uh, he's always done great work no
1: matter where you put him uh, and, and also when you're talking about just to kind of go back in your broken skulls thing, I, I also kind of think too, not only just the respect issue that Vince has with Jericho and he knows, but like, what, what more can he do? He go, you know, I mean, right. I, not that, but from a business perspective, like, you know, kids these days aren't running up to see Jericho like no. wrestling fans are. I love no. Jericho. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> and, you know, and it took me a while
0: to get on the bandwagon, but I finally did. Yeah. And, um, I'm glad I did. Also, I wanted, before we close this out, uh, I'm in the process of buying a house and moving. So if we do this show it'll be a little bit more intermittent, as you guys I'm sure you've noticed. Yeah. So we apologize for that. But you know, uh we do this in our spare time and, and that kind of thing. So
1: But you can always check us out on Facebook or email
0: us. Exactly. And that is two marks and a mic at gmail.com, Joe. Um, if love you didn't it. know that. Nailed it. If you didn't know that, Joe. First try. Yeah, yeah. So Yeah. All right. Well thank you guys for listening and uh we'll keep you posted on new episodes.